Blog Talk Radio. Like this can.
Good evening to you, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, and good evening to all of you Bereanoids and Bereanites. This is the Berean Bible Chapel Sunday evening service for this Sunday, the 21st of February, in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini, 2021. And no, you're not hearing things. It's me, Dave Horner, back in the saddle, your co-host and deacon of Berean, and your brother and your friend always. And now, if you all please join me in welcoming the host of our service, my best friend, our sky pilot, our chaplain, and our pastor, a man who's been compared to Benjamin Franklin because some folks think he ought to go fly a kite, Chaplain Bill Herman, everybody. (laughs) Yes, Dave. That is probably one of the most... And I'll put it this way. In recent days, folks, that is probably one of the most accurate descriptions of what I have been told. And oh, so dear. it is It is what it is. So uh, welcome to the Berean Bible Chapel Block Talk Radio broadcast. <clears throat> and we thank you for being here tonight. And uh, I see some folks coming in here listening via their cell phones. Maybe oh, you're yeah. uh, having the trouble logging in or whatever, you can call the guest line and listen to the broadcast on your cell phone. And if you want to do that, the number is 347-996-5867. 347-996-5867. And I invite you to call in on the guest line. Yeah. Uh, Tonight we were going to have Brother Mylon Bungeback speak during the uh, service, but he got ill this week and was going through a lot with uh, migraine headaches and concentration and and medication and all the rest of it. And so uh, he's going to be speaking next, he's going to be speaking next Sunday. And uh, after the following Sunday, Brother Brian Mills will be speaking during the uh, service. So we are, uh, we are blessed to have brothers in Christ who are willing to step into the pulpit, so to speak, step step before the podium and, and uh, give God's word in addition to myself. And I'm so grateful for brothers and, and sisters in Christ who, who do support this ministry and uh, do so in, in uh, devotion and dedication to the Lord. I'm so grateful for everyone listening, and uh, I know there will be folks listening in the archive, and uh, mm-hmm. we can't proceed one, one more step without going to prayer, so I'd, I'd like us all to pray right now. Stop what you're doing. Set your coffee down. I don't want you to burn yourself, and uh, spill it and burn yourself. I don't need, We don't need that, certainly. And uh, if all. you're if you're if you're listening uh, and you're the first time here, we are so grateful for you to be here, and we are uh, we want you to know it's not an accident, it's not a coincidence, yep. and um, uh, we pray that tonight's broadcast will be a blessing to you. So, without further ado, let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have for this broadcast. We know, Lord, uh, we have, we're have we looking at a lot of stuff inside Berean Bible Chapel. 
we're looking at uh, recent events. We're looking at so much people going through so many trials and tribulations, <clears throat> so much. There's some illness and sickness. There's some uh, injury and, and uh, recovering. There's some serious uh, issues and matters, Lord, that you're completely aware of. And I think of all the prayer requests in Berean Bible Chapel, Lord. We're, going, we're looking at actually having a Wednesday night prayer meeting, yeah. uh, live video service, Lord. We're, we're looking at so many things to do and for the church, for the chapel, for the members. And, Father God, we just thank you for the uh, way we can rely upon you and depend upon you to supply our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And I pray for those who are standing in need today, right now, in these moments. And Father God, I pray you would bless the members of Brian Bible Chapel, bless the staff. Help us, Lord. Uh, help us, Lord, as we pick up the pieces, Lord, and we just uh, are serving you, Lord. And we're just going to put our reliance and dependence upon you, Lord, and upon your word, upon your Holy Spirit, and upon you, Father. And, Father God, we are just trusting you. Now we ask you to bless this service, Lord. Bless this broadcast. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory. And all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
how sweet it sounds. Very Amazing good. grace. Yes. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something, brothers and sisters in Christ. Without God's amazing grace, none of us could get through anything. I want you to know that. I want you to be. I'm going to remind you of those things you already know tonight. I'm going to be saying some things, going to be talking some things, and we're going to be going to be straight up with each other here, beloved. And uh, as pastor in Berean Bible Chapel, I know people are hurting. And I know they're heartbroken. And I know they're even right now uh, going to the Lord. And I'm so grateful to God for brothers in Christ like Dave Horner and Brian Mills and uh, Eric Neekirk and and some others in Berean, Fred Troike and others that I've I've gone to for counsel and and, uh, talked with as I put together a message for my staff, for the staff, and I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful to God for his amazing grace. Amen. Dave, I've been anxious to listen, and I just want to turn the mic over to you right now, my brother, and so go ahead. Well, thanks, man. I'm very appreciative and honored to hear it, and please allow me to echo all the sentiments that you just shared with us with uh with all uh, heartiness, and um, gosh, uh, and all you Brians, uh, I missed you. Thank you for putting up with me as I've dealt with a broken leg and mild food poisoning. I'm going to try and avoid such things in the future as best I can. Um, And I just want to say I love all of you, and I know, as Bill said, everybody's hurting, or most of us, and um, if you want to talk about it, you know, post on Facebook or uh, even call into the show. Uh, we're here for you. Um, we promise we will bust our behinds to give you good godly counsel. But uh, now, please, uh, may we all uh, bow in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you again for this glorious day, and thank you for all the people uh-huh. who are gathered here around their uh, computers, cell phones, what have you, listening to and sharing thoughts and words about you and about your word. And, um, and, uh, thank you for inspiring me uh, to write a, a, a little something. And, uh, I hope it may be a benefit to us, someone someday. And Lord, um, really best thing to say, I think is that we love you so much and it's in your beautiful and precious name. We pray. Amen. Okay. The, uh, Webster's dictionary defines the word character as follows. The mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. You know, pretty basic, right? Um, uh, Here's a small lesson. Uh, I once attended a lecture on on character, and uh, this this lesson was used, and it's always stuck with me. Uh, The guy said, uh, you're walking in a park and find $300 laying on the ground. Do you, A, keep it for yourself? B, give it to an elderly relative who really needs the money, or C, take it to the police and tell them where you found it. If you chose A, which I doubt anyone here really did, you are very greedy and are on the road to ruin, and you better change your ways, but quick. (laughs) Uh, If you chose B, well, you're clearly generous and kind, but you've forgotten that God would not look kindly at you treating, in quotes, ill-gotten gains as if they're yours, as they clearly are not. 
Finally, that leaves the third choice C, which is, of course, the correct choice. As an old supervisor of mine once put it, character is what you do when nobody's looking. Now, take a minute, and um, I, I want you all, if you don't have a pencil or pen, uh, please grab one and uh, just jot this down somewhere um, where, you know, you'll be able um, to uh, refer back to it. We are, you and I, image bearers of God. I'll say that one more time. Just Or just write down in your notebook, I am an image bearer of God. Give it a big fat exclamation mark. As image bearers of God, we are meant to be folks of character and integrity, uh, upright citizens who are willing to go out of our ways to do the right thing because we all know that God is always watching. And speaking of, we know God's character because we all know, as it's phrased in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus is the same today, or yesterday, today, and forever. And also in Malachi 3.6, the Lord says, I do not change. Meaning simply that he's extremely trustworthy and stable, steady as a rock, the rock, the rock of ages. God expects us to be his representatives on earth and to be his image bearers. So, beloved Bereans, if we lack character in one area of our life, it will most certainly affect all others. But by the infinite spirit of our Lord, we can find all we need to equip us to live as he would have us live. As I was writing this, something uh, occurred to me, and this was uh, hearkening back to the uh, example at the beginning about finding money. Um, I know that, that some of us, you know, if we find like uh, a couple of quarters on the street, you know, we'll go ahead and pocket that because we really don't look at it as that big of a deal. But I would urge you to look at it as you and, – and think and feel as you did when I mentioned you find $300. So we all know if you go to the police with a quarter and say, I found this in a parking lot, they're going to laugh at you. So here's what I recommend you do. As you – you know, as, as you uh, find money, you know, um, put it in a different pocket than everything else or, uh, or a different part of your purse. And then when you get home, take this, you know, this, it could be a nickel, it could be a dime, it could be a couple of pennies. Whatever it is, you know, put it in a jar or a, or a cup or something and set it aside. And then one day when you've accumulated enough of this, this uh, quote, found change, um, take it. Uh, to the bank or whatever and have a money order made up and send it to your favorite Christian charity. That's what I would recommend doing. And in fact, that's what I'm going to start doing myself. And um, good and dear folks, I certainly hope you uh, enjoyed this devotional. Uh, I know it's short and sweet, but I didn't want to get, you know, too deeply into one subject or another because I could easily go on for five pages. But I, I really enjoyed writing this one. I mean, I, I could feel the presence of the Lord and, um, you know, I just, the whole time, you know, of course, I was praying that, that y'all would find it a benefit. But that's enough of me rambling, and I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic back over to Bill. And thanks all so much for listening. I really do enjoy uh, writing these for you. Thanks, Bill. Amen. Biblical character, folks, it's a real thing. It's a real mm. thing. It's uh, based on integrity before God. It means you're doing in private what you would do in public. I was told a long time ago is what you do when you're all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Character is what you do 
when nobody can see you but God. And I'm uh, very much aware of how important character and integrity. In the political realm, we hear the argument, you know, it's all about character. You know, who is, who's going to be president? Who's going to run for president? It's all about character. It's all about integrity. Sure is. To think we were once told character doesn't matter. Good grief. Yeah. And the, uh, that you know, the, those kind of whispers, Dave, they come from Satan because he's the one that teaches the world that. He's yes, the one that teaches the world. He's the one that teaches the world that the uh, that character doesn't matter, integrity doesn't matter, but it right. it, it does, and and for the believer, and talking primarily right now for a moment to believers in Berean Bible Chapel, things have come to to light. I ask God's Holy Spirit in the aftermath of what has happened. I've asked God's Holy Spirit to uh, to show me truth, to show me the truth, and he did. And so in, in discovering that truth and seeing that truth, I'm very much aware of the need to reiterate something I've said months ago, months ago, but I'm going to say it again. And I want everybody in Berean listening to this broadcast and those who will listen in the archive, I want you to hear me clearly as pastor. We are not to nick at each other's armor to find fault. Let me say it again. We are not to nick at each other's armor to find fault. Number two. And write this down in your Bible if you haven't already. Put it right there next to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. We are not the spiritual police. Can I say it again? Mm-hmm. We are not the spiritual police over one another. None of us. None of us, including myself as pastor, are the spiritual police over anyone. Every believer, I will defend this to the death. I believe in what the Bible calls the priesthood of the believer. Mm-hmm. Each believer has the Holy Spirit living, dwelling within them to convict them, to lead them, to guide them, and to direct them. And here's the truth to write down. We, we are not the Holy Spirit. Mm. Beating people over the head is not of God. It's not of God's Son, and it's not of God's Holy Spirit. The inquisitions, the interrogations, the interviews, 
They don't belong in Berean Bible Chapel. I do not want anyone in Berean Bible Chapel to feel sharing or posting about sharing their faith or posting something. I don't want anyone to be afraid to do so for fear that they're going to be reprimanded or rebuked. I don't want them to be afraid because if they did so or said the wrong thing, that they would find themselves being smacked down instead of built up. Criticized and humiliated and embarrassed. Understand something. We are here in Berean Bible Chapel to disciple and edify one another. Most of all, we are here to demonstrate the unconditional love and acceptance found in God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I've I've learned some things had been going on, not for days, not for weeks, but for months and years. Things that I was horrified to discover. Things that I, 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 it took my breath away to learn. Some of you who I've talked to know what I'm speaking of. And I will say this, as pastor, I never... I never, 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 never sanctioned one event. That's what I meant, folks, when I prayed, asked God to help me pick up the pieces. The pieces I'm talking about are the pieces of people's lives, the pieces of broken hearts, the pieces of the hurt and the sorrow and the grief. I thank God for God's Holy Spirit and godly counsel. I thank God most of all for his word. Amen. Satan would have me use what happened to destroy the fellowship. Satan would like nothing better than to destroy this fellowship. But I got news for you. Satan's not going to succeed. Because I've given the matter to Jesus. And the matter is in his hands. In Berean Bible Chapel is where it has always been, in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you look in those hands of Jesus Christ, you will see scars where nails were driven into them. That's the only thing in heaven that ever came from earth. Is the scars in Jesus' hands And I'm here to tell you Beloved brethren Brothers and sisters in Christ 
Berean Bible Chapel fits perfectly in those scars. And when I tell you we are safe in Jesus' hands, that's what I mean. We fit in Jesus' hands. This fellowship, Berean Bible Chapel, each and every one of you who are hurting and heartbroken, each and every one of you who all you want to do is serve the Lord with gladness, all you want to do is see your family in heaven with you. Hey, let me tell you something. Last Wednesday, two weeks ago, Wednesday, two weeks ago, the ministry didn't stop. The ministry goes on. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, on that Wednesday, eight minutes changed Berean Bible Chapel. A shockwave went through Berean Bible Chapel. But God knew the shockwave was coming. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not surprised by what happened. God's Holy Spirit was not surprised by what happened. And what is my prayer? My prayer is that God's Holy Spirit will speak to hearts. Speak to those people. We are here to walk in obedience of God's word. We are here, beloved. We are here to... As it says, and listen, here's what we're here for. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. That's why I'm here, to love on you. In Jesus' name, to show you, to show you the unconditional love of God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You think we can do this without love? You think we can possibly do this by humiliating? and embarrassing people and rebuking them and reprimanding them and telling them how to pray or telling them what they can say or what they can't say? Really? Show me that in God's word. Me too. The power is God's Holy Spirit. The power is God's word. Mm-hmm. The 
power is not acting out and hurting and and sending the message and all of the rest of it. That isn't of God. That is of the flesh. Mm-hmm. The message may have been meant for me, but it went straight to the hearts of every single person in Berean Bible Chapel. There you go. There it is. And you don't owe me an apology or anything. I've forgiven it. I've forgiven it. And I've given the matter, the entire matter, including straight to Jesus. Amen. And that's all I have to say about that, brethren. See, I've I've heard the tears among the fellowship. Not just listening to my own self cry and weep and pray, but I've heard others. I've heard the worry and concern in their voices. I've heard the questions in between the weeping. But God knew it all ahead of time. And God is the one who's going to bring us through. God's Son, God's Son, God's Holy Spirit, and God the Father are going to bring Berean Bible Chapel through because we are going to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. Crucified, risen, and coming again. The preaching of the gospel isn't going to stop. Lifting up the testimony of Jesus and the testimony of the Word of God is not going to stop. Just try. Just try to see what happens. And we, we are going to disciple and edify one another in fervent love through fervent prayer and Bible studies and prayer meetings and fellowship and the breaking of bread. We're going to do it all. Each other down, but build each other up. To communicate the urgency of the hour, because we are commissioned and commanded by Jesus Christ to do so. That's right. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, promises to be with us as we do so every solitary moment. We're going to show love and discipleship in action. We're going to show love 
for our Lord Jesus Christ, love for God our Father, love for God's word, and obeying God's word. Love for God's Holy Spirit as he leads, guides, and directs us, you, me, myself, us, all of us, together. Everybody. And I'm going to kind of reiterate what Dave said. In Berean Bible Chapel, I am praying. And so is Deacon Dave Horner. And so is Deacon Brian Mills. And so is the staff. And yes, I'm going to be making announcements about staff in the near future. And Deacon Brian Mills, we are all praying. All staff are praying for God's Holy Spirit to grant unto us the anointing to do this ministry in 2021, that we would know what has to be done in Berean Bible Chapel and that we would bring and maintain this fellowship in one accord with the established word of God and the power of the love of God in Jesus' name. That everything said and done, and I mean everything, is in accord with God's word. I want all of the members to hear me. My heart's desire as pastor and servant our Lord Jesus Christ is to communicate to each and every one of you that you have complete liberty and freedom in Jesus Christ to share your faith and walk with Christ. To come to us with any prayer request and to be confident that you will be supported. That you have the right freely to never feel alone, isolated, cut off from the fellowship. We don't want you ever to feel that. And to freely exalt and magnify our Lord Jesus Christ. We are a New Testament assembly of believers and followers in Jesus Christ. We have been planted and raised up by our Lord Jesus Christ to reach into the lives of hurting brothers and sisters in Christ. Some with physical pain and suffering, some suffering terminal diseases, some in recovery from chemotherapy and radiation and all of this, some with emotional pain and heartbreak. But hear me, all of you, everyone, are precious and priceless to the Lord Jesus. You matter. You matter. And as pastor, I'll close my thoughts with this. 
I take very seriously my responsibilities and my service among you, for you, and this means everyone, whether it's Dave and his wife or Brian and his wife or the, the all the sisters in Christ, all the brothers in Christ, all of you are precious and priceless to the Lord and to me. And we are here to serve, to serve. Thank you. 
Okay, Dave, lead us to the throne of grace as we get into the word. Yes, sir. Happy to. Let's bow, y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you do for us. <clears throat> thank you for enabling us to to be here today and to uh, hear this message from Bill. And um, we ask that you please prepare our hearts and minds to receive it uh, accordingly and that um, it be a benefit to us in times of need. And uh, perhaps maybe some of us may need to hear this tonight. So if we, if it turns out that way, thank you, thank you, and praise your holy name. And we appreciate all you do for us, Lord. We love Berean so much. Thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, if you haven't already. The Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. To be looking at a very familiar portion of scripture, which I just want to kind of zero in on tonight. And as we do so, listen to what God's Holy Spirit has to say. And let me tell you something. This message has really spoken to my heart. As I prepared it, and uh, I'm praying it does likewise for all of you. I'm sure it will. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 12. Now Paul talks; he's talking about his medical condition, the thorn in the flesh that he had. And we'll start at verse one, but we're going to center on two two particular verses in a minute. In a few moments, and we're going to uh, look at what God's word has to say. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He's kind of preparing the people for what he's going to say. He's going to share some startling things with them. Until these words were written in the scripture and in the epistle to the Corinthians, nobody knew this. Understand that. Nobody knew about this. Only a limited circle of people around Paul knew it. Paul yeah. says, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. That word caught up is the same passage same uh, words uh, talking about the rapture, talking about the appearing of Jesus Christ, talking about being caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord in, Thess- in Thessalonians. So Paul's talking about uh, 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 an instance that happened that uh, involved the rapture of a Christian believer, mm. caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. He, in other words, he's not at liberty to specifically say who he is, but he's making a strong, strong assertion that it's him, that it's Paul himself. And he says, God knows who the man is. How he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. You know, there's some things, if you're ever in a position where you are given a, a, a vision and a revelation such as what Paul is talking about, 
And he only did those things to instruct people. He never did them to make them, you know, be like a lot of these NAR folks who claim all kind of crazy visions and 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 say they can go to heaven every other week and you know every Sunday somebody can you know said they said they visited heaven during a church service and all of that. Nope. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about specific instances that happened for specific purpose. And the purpose he he makes very clear in this passage. He says it's what he heard there was not lawful for a man to utter. In other words, God prevented him from saying what he heard when he was there. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. In other words, he's saying, you know, I can't even believe it happened. But I'll tell you this, I'd rather glory in my infirmities than focus everybody's attention on the vision and the revelation. And he says, for though I would desire to glory, I should not be a fool. And that, and I, I love that, that statement because it's saying that everybody who glories in visions and revelations the way like the NAR does and, and the false teachers and false prophets of the NAR and all of that, all their everything they in God's eyes they're fools because they're glorying in it as if they themselves were responsible for it, and he's saying God was the one responsible. He says, "I would desire to glory, but he's talking about giving God the glory, for I would say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth." me to be or that he heareth of me and lest I should be exalted above measure through though the abundance of the revelation through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure and for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me Paul had an affliction he asked God to take it away not once not twice but three separate times. Three times he asked God, please remove this from me. And some some say it was that Paul had a stammering problem, that he stammered when he talked. He got his words mixed up. He couldn't concentrate adequately. Some folks say that. Others say he had... He had a uh, a malady like uh, uh, like a, a, a seizure that would happen on occasion, mm. and Paul did not like living with that. He did not like that infirmity, and God had to show him something about that infirmity. Mm-hmm. He's asking God to take it away. He's asking God to get rid of it. But look what he says. He says he. In fact, Paul was so strong in, in opposing this infirmity that he had, this problem that he had, he attributed he attributed its effects on him to Satan trying to attack him. Mm. The buffet, he said, from a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That word buffet means to grab him by the shoulders and shake him viciously. That's what that's what you're doing when you, you're buffeting somebody. You're 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 You've got control of them. They don't have control of themselves. 
That's what the that's what the picture is here. And he says, lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, God showed Paul that it wasn't just it wasn't just like Satan shaking him, but God was using the infirmity that Paul would not be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord three thrice that it might depart from me. Three times he asked God to take it away. And Paul says, Jesus said unto me, the Lord said unto me, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity. Not ask God to take it away. Give God the glory for it. Do you have a problem in your life? Do you have something in you? Do you have something about you that you want God to get rid of, to take it away? Is there something is there something that is like an albatross you carry around your neck? Is there is there something that really is like a besetting sin? I mean, that's the way you equate the matter. But God is saying, trust me with your infirmity. That's what's being said here. Do we trust God with our flaws and frailties? Yes, you know, do we, do we understand about trusting God? You give Christ your heart, you give him your life, but do you give him all of your life? Do you give him all of your heart? Is it all of you that is truly given? And that's what he's saying. God is saying to him, my grace is sufficient for you. You feel weak in your frailties and flaws? You feel weak in the faith or maybe a second-class Christian? You feel like a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God? Have people made you feel that way? Have you been reprimanded and rebuked by somebody? Have you been made to feel less a believer than you are? Jesus' grace, God's grace is sufficient for you in those moments of frailties and flaws, in those moments of spiritual weakness, in those moments of being having your heart broken and being hurt by others. When you didn't do anything to be hurt, that's one of the things the sister told me. I didn't do anything. Did I do something for this to have happened in Berean? I mean, is it my fault? Did I do something? Have I done something? I mean, I did what they t- said. I, I, I didn't pray like they told me. I couldn't pray. They I didn't post what... You know, they told me I couldn't post. I did everything. They asked, why am I, why did this happen? How could this happen? And I had to tell that sister, hey, I know what you're saying. I asked God the same thing. I came to God the same way. I had the same questions. I examined my own heart. My actions, my conduct. 
I put myself at God's Holy Spirit disposal, and I said, God, Holy Spirit of God, please show me the truth. Show me the truth here. Mm-hmm. Please. Be careful. Be careful what you ask God's Holy Spirit. Be careful what you ask God to do. He will do it. He will show you the truth. John sixteen thirteen says, "He God's Holy Spirit." guides us into all the truth, not some of the truth, not a little bit of the truth, all of the truth. But even in those moments, God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Even in the moments of testing and trial, even in the moments of asking God, is it me? Grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. That word sufficient, you know what it means? It means it will meet your every need. Not some of the needs, not a few of the needs, all of your needs. God's grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's a dichotomy. That's a paradox being spoken there. Yeah. Essentially, it's saying we must be weak. We must accept the fact that we are weak and we need God's strength and he will give it in his grace. A lot of people, they don't want to admit they're weak. A lot of folks, they struggle with that. They they want to come across as super strong Christians. Uh, what is the word? Superior Christians over others. Hmm. I, I got news that. for you. Nobody, I got news for you. Nobody is spiritually superior to anyone else. Amen. Are you listening, brothers and sisters? None of us are spiritually superior to anyone else. Many of us are very mindful we are not in any way spiritually superior to anyone. You You know who wants you to believe you're spiritually superior? Satan wants you to believe that. Yeah. Satan wants you to believe that. Mm-hmm. He wants you to believe you don't need God's grace. He wants you to believe you're you're not weak, you're strong. And then when he's got you right where he wants you, he convinces and persuades you and influences you to believe that uh you don't need God's grace to to buff you up. You don't need God's grace. You don't need God. You don't need God's word. You don't need God's son. You can do it all yourself. After all, you've been saved how many years? 
You've been on your own for how long? You don't need anybody. And so what do you do? You throw your weight around. You throw your authority in somebody's face. You intimidate and harass them. You rebuke them and reprimand them. But Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul responds and says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Strength and grace equal power. Yep. God's strength and God's grace combined together equal power in our Christian life and walk. And that's what Satan wants to keep away from you. Because if you are arrayed in the armor of God and the power of Christ is resting on you, the demons have to flee. Therefore, Paul says, therefore, and whenever in God's word you see the word therefore, look at it, read it, and ask yourself, what is it therefore? Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity. Well, that's a reversal from asking God to take away the infirmities. You're going to turn around and take pleasure in the infirmities. In other words, you're saying, praise God, I'm, I may be weak and I may have frailties and I may, I may have flaws. But Jesus Christ is with me, and God's Holy Spirit is in me, and God's grace is on me, and God's strength is in me. And the power of Christ rests upon me. Then you can stand against the enemy. Then you can stand against the enemy. And the first thing you'll do is love the brethren. The first thing you do is just, you'll just be filled with so much love because that's where God's love is seen the most is in the power of God's love is demonstrated. Where did we see it the most demonstrated? Where did we see it the most when Jesus was at his very weakest Beaten, scourged, tortured, crucified, hanging on a cross between two thieves. And even then, God's grace rested on Christ. Jesus is the only person I know in all of the Bible who won a person to Christ, who won a person to faith. In Jesus Christ, Jesus did that. And Jesus was hanging on the cross. He couldn't move his arms. He couldn't put his arms around that person. But he put his love all around them. And he, that love drew that person to Jesus. That very same person on the cross next to Jesus was screaming at Jesus and cursing Jesus. The Bible clearly says on the cross, both of those thieves, 
were screaming curses against Jesus. Until God's love reached down into the heart of one of those thieves and God's grace overshadowed him. And suddenly he saw who was hanging there on the center cross and he suddenly acknowledged him. And he said, Lord, called him Lord. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the other thief was cursing oaths and screaming at Jesus. And and that one thief looked at the other one and said, don't you even fear God? We're getting what we deserve, but this man, he's done nothing to deserve this. He's done nothing to deserve this torture, this crucifixion. And the Bible curiously says that the cursing Christ suddenly was silent. Hmm. He didn't have anything more to say. Hmm. And Jesus looked at the thief and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. This day, this day. Not 10,000 years into the future, this day, you'll be with me. Yeah, that that thief got up that morning, and he went out, and he was crucified. But before the sun set, that man was standing in heaven with Jesus Christ. Mm. There in paradise. God's waiting room. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. I know all about distresses. Oh, I've been distressed these last two weeks, three weeks. But God's grace is sufficient for Bill Herman. God's grace is sufficient for Dave Horner. God's grace is sufficient for Brian Mills. God's grace is sufficient for Linda Risinger and Debbie King Killian and Debbie Wells and Jamie Crawford Webb and Katie Chopper and Rose Stating. And God's grace is sufficient. And how many of us, how many can I bring before before you and, 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 and just the mention of their name and, and give testimony to the fact that God's grace is sufficient? Mm-hmm. Because in God's grace, he gives us, guess what God gives us in God's grace? It's going to shock you, surprise you maybe. You know what God's grace is? God's grace is God's GPS. Yeah, you heard me, right? God's grace is God's GPS. God's personal salvation is found in God's grace. 
And guess what? God's personal salvation, God's GPS, God's GPS leads us straight to heaven. Mm-hmm. You can count on God's GPS. You don't have to load up an app for God's GPS. Isn't that wonderful? All you have to do is believe and accept Christ. All you have to do is follow Jesus Christ. All you have to do is give give up your sins. Give away your life and heart. And God gives you his GPS. God gives you his grace. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient, he says. My grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, my grace is sufficient for you. For you. Elsewhere in the book of Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul says, for by grace, the same grace that's sufficient, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't get ourselves to heaven. Man can make many GPSs, but man can't create the GPS to get you to heaven. God's grace gets us to heaven For by grace are you saved through faith That not of yourself It is the gift of God Jesus said it I I believe when Paul wrote those words In Ephesians 2, 8, 9 It is the gift of God I believe that Paul was thinking of John 3, 16 For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son That whosoever Believeth on him, shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Paul knew. Paul mentions it elsewhere when he says, he describes Jesus as God's unspeakable gift. We don't even want to utter his name. We are so so humbled and so amazed and astonished that God sent his son to die for us on the cross. That his grace is sufficient for thee. Look at look at that sentence. My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for you. Do you understand? His grace is sufficient for us. Sufficient to meet our needs. Sufficient to get us to heaven. Sufficient for our salvation. Sufficient for our redemption. Sufficient to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Sufficient to give us an understanding and a discernment on what real Christianity is, not what the world teaches what Christianity is. We got people who teach about Christianity and they teach about truth and biblical truth and, 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 and all of these things. And we got people who do that. We listen, we admire and respect them. And then one day they come to us and they say, Ravi Zacharias was a sexual predator. And we're like, what? And we're shocked and stunned, and we don't know what to believe then. Yeah. 
Oh, why why are you why'd you bring that into the sermon, Chaplain Bill? Why are you talking about that, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because no matter what has happened, no matter what you have heard, God's grace is sufficient for you. Take your eyes off Ravi Zacharias and put them on Jesus Christ. We're going to hear things that will take our breath away. I've been preaching that for five years. And it seems like right when we get to the point where we think we've heard it all, we discover we haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. Instead of criticizing Rabbi, Rabbi Zacharias, instead of, you know, denouncing him, and I hear sermons are out there where people are asking, well, is he in hell? Is he really in hell? Was it all a deception? I don't know. Frankly, I don't care. I care about this. I care about the people who followed him, who depended on him, who relied on him, who trusted in him. They're the ones we got to go to and say, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful faith. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his power and grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My prayer is that Ravi Zacharias repented, confessed his sins before he met God. That's my prayer. And in the meanwhile, I can't pray for someone who's dead. But I can pray for the living, and so I'll pray for his wife and three children and his grandchild. And I'll pray for everybody at Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And I'll pray for all of those people. Because I don't want to get to heaven and Jesus says, you know, when he died, when he was dying of cancer and he was racked in pain and all of that, he finally came clean and accepted me. He finally repented and confessed his sins. He finally did what he did. So I forgave him. We don't tell God who he can forgive and who he can't forgive. Sin is sin. Sin has to be dealt with, and it's only dealt with one place. It's dealt with at Calvary on the cross by Jesus Christ. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses. I do no distresses. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Our strength only comes from the Lord. What does it say in the word? It says, the the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. And let me tell you something. Yeah, the joy may have been silenced for a few days, two weeks. And tears endured for the night. But guess what? Joy came in the morning. And when you get the matter settled and you leave it in Jesus' hands right there where the scars are, leave it in his hands. Let him handle it. Let's let Jesus handle things in Berea. Let's let Jesus work in the hearts of each and every one of us. Let's let God's Holy Spirit work in our hearts. God has great things planned for Berean Bible Chapel. First Corinthians fourteen thirty three says, For God is not the author of confusion. There's been a lot of confusion. But it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. I'm counting on God's grace and God's peace, God's mercy and God's love. It's it's there for us. All we have to do is ask for it. All we have to do is seek him. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, and all these things will be given unto you. We're going to see, beloved brethren, that real Christianity is sharing each other's pain and suffering and heartache, heartbreak. Real Christianity is loving one another fervently. Real Christianity is praying for one another fervently. Real Christianity, beloved, is laying down our lives for one another. And so if I take that as the benchmark, that benchmark here in Ephesians, that bench 2, 8, and 9 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, those verses in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, that were the, our text tonight, verses 9 and 10, you think it's... It's, it's it's just so appropriate that God would lead to these verses for comfort. That his grace is sufficient, that we will take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. In other words, not for our sake, for Christ's sake. In other words, we're being Christ-like. We're being Christ-like, beloved. And if we take those benchmarks in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10, and we use those as benchmarks, and then we add to that John chapter 13, 34, and 35 about loving one another as Christ loved us, 
by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one to another. If we do that and we add that as another benchmark, guess what you got? You've got the knowledge that every ministry opportunity here at Berean Bible Chapel must be focused on the members of Berean to bless them and to reveal the love of God, our Father, found in our Lord Jesus Christ, and to do all things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And my prayer as pastor is we lift up our Lord Jesus Christ in everything said and done at Berean Bible Chapel. It's not rocket science. Even though we're, we're, we have a GPS. <laughs> it's not rocket science, my friends. It's what God desires of this fellowship. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you for the message. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the power of your word. That you can speak to our hearts, Lord, in our weakness, in our frailties, in our heartbreak, in our sorrow, in our grief. And give us your grace, which is sufficient to meet all our needs. All of our needs. Lord, I thank you for these precious members of Berean Bible Chapel. Help me to serve them, Lord, that I very gladly will be spent, spend and be spent for them. That I be able to pour my life out as a drink offering to them. And that my, my deacons and my staff will join me in doing so, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we have a, a, a little while before we shut down, so I'm going to play a couple of hymns, and then that one after the two after two hymns, then we'll come back and uh, I'll let Dave close the meeting in prayer, and maybe he has a couple of thoughts.
Okay, Dave. Uh, beg pardon. I was just jotting something down real quick. Okay, everybody, please bow with me. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for this wonderful service we enjoyed tonight. Uh, thank you for inspiring Bill as you do to um, go in the scriptures and uh, interpret them as well as he does. And um, we just pray that you bless and keep he and his wife and, and his family and watch over and protect them all. And, uh, Lord, all those uh, brothers and sisters uh, out in Brian who aren't feeling well or grappling with one infirmity or another, please tell them my heart goes out to them and that I am praying that they be quickly delivered from it, if it be your will. Um, had a specific case. I, uh, Sophie just posted that Mylan is uh, still grappling with migraine headaches, and the meds he has are ineffective. And if it be your will, Lord, please take him take these migraines away um if not give him the strength he needs to get through it please father uh, i certainly understand migraines having suffered with them myself as a child and my wife also suffering with them and uh i know they're no fun and lord jesus uh thank you for all these cool people tonight who've been here hanging out at the link to the show and uh and um and you know chatting and uh, saying things i've had a ball talking with all of them please bless all of them and um everybody who listen tonight lord and everyone who will listen and all the brothers and sisters out there wherever they may be please bless and raise them up let them know remind them father that they are loved and that you're always with them and uh well lord we uh, ask for these things in your holy and precious name Thank you for always being there, Father. Amen. Amen. You know, Bill, it made an interesting point where you said I might have a couple of thoughts earlier. It's a uh, – well, actually, you know, I don't think I've ever listened to any of your sermons without, le- uh, without at least writing one or two things down. Um, I really love what you said about you know, John 13, 34 through 5. We are not the spiritual police over one another, and uh, if everybody just could just please keep that in mind, and, and please remember that. I know it's tempting to 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 be, you know, quote the better Christian, and unfortunately, I've done that in the past, and I'm not proud of it. Um, but thank God, I've I've come farther, and I've learned, and um, I really appreciate the Lord doing that for me. And uh, there is one more quote. That this I wrote this one down I think a couple three weeks ago uh, and it's just I love it so much and and where you said God does not call us to be Lone Ranger Christians uh, I think that's great you everybody uh, you've got a, a brother and sister or sister that's always closer than you think and um, just just never be afraid to to lean on them and and to uh, you know to share your uh, your your pain and your uh, and your uh, your defeats, and uh, you know, and to share your your healing and your victories, you know, just just find your find that brother or sister that you know is quote on your wavelength and is, is easy to talk to, and treat them like the precious treasure they are. And uh, well, Bill, and also uh, thank you everyone for the well wishes. It's really great to be back. I'm I'm very happy, ecstatic, honestly, to be here tonight, and. Um, I will literally bust my big behind to keep from missing any more shows. I can tell you that much. Uh, what do you think, Bill? Thank you. Yeah.
Thank you indeed.